So we're back with part two of Film Review 2019. So I'm excited. We got some uh, feedback from our last um, episode. So basically people deciding what their favourite films of each month were. So basically everyone mm-hmm. loved the favourite in January. It was a landslide vote really. Um, mm. February, Bill Street Could Talk. Um, another massive favourite. Um, March... Us was a massive favourite. It beat Captain Marvel, which was quite cool, I thought. Ah, yeah. And April, 8th uh, grade beat out of mid-90s, so 8th grade was a big favourite. I didn't include Avengers Endgame in the vote uh-huh. because of all uh-huh. you know. But Naha, you had some people respond to you as well on Instagram, didn't you? Yeah, I had a bunch, but it wasn't just films January to April. I think it was just films generally. Um, so we had, what did we have? Um, portrait of a Lady on Fire two or three times actually yeah um, Last, Black Ma- Last Black Man in San Francisco Monsoon The Lighthouse which I think that was you yeah Courtney I've not seen it yet it's not out here until yeah, January we... oh fine oh, it sucks yeah no and it's very good yeah. I got to see it twice already I saw it once in a normal theatre and then this bar in Savannah which Savannah's a port city so it's already very like yo you know shiver me timbers <laughs> Um, but this haunted bar showed it in their basement, which is all like brick and weird. And so Ooh. it was very, I felt like I was in the lighthouse. It's very oh, wow. cool. Is it a horror? Y- yeah. The way that, like. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, it's a psychological horror. Okay. That's what I'll say. Okay. Yeah, I, I loved it. Not just because Willem Dafoe was in it. Just funny, like, talking about this cinephile card game, which if you're listening and haven't got it, this is not an ad, but it's an amazing game. Um, every time William Dafoe comes up on this, I always laugh and think <laughs> of you, Courtney. Aww. Every time, every time. Okay, so we're going to crack on with films um, May, June, July, and August. So in May, this is where... Sky Movies started releasing material exclusively and one big film they released was Extremely Wicked, Incredibly Evil and Cruel, which was the Zac Efron Ted Bundy film. Now, Courtney, you and I saw this and we both agreed around the time it wasn't the most incredible depiction of Ted Bundy, was it? Yeah. I think one of the things that I liked about what you said on the podcast earlier this year was he's a little bit ha-cha-cha and that guy, (laughs) guy on the town. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it felt like a like you know we both watch American Horror Story. Yeah. I feel like their characterization of Richard Ramirez on American <laughs> Horror Story was more authentic and less like stupid. Oh, yeah, she feels very she strongly feels very about strongly Richard, Richard Ramirez. Ramirez. She's not. <laughs> he's not there, honey. He's dead. It's fine. <laughs> so it's Ted Bundy. Um, yeah, it was. It was. No, a, it's very there silly. There's a lot of hype for it as well, and I think that. In the interviews, they used, they kept saying like it's it's Lily Collins's film. It's all about her. It was not about her at all. <laughs> I've oh, learned yeah. a lot about that director since that movie, and he's kind of a big old sack of poo poo. You want to share with the so, girl? Yeah, because he so he did all the Paradise Lost films. Oh, yeah. He exploited the shit out of those boys Mm. like he forced he it was his idea to have damien ackles meet his son like as a press conference 
which totally like turned the entire case around and he was like totally messed up with his relationship with his son because all these people saw this weird giant goth kid holding this baby and they were like oh god he's gonna like eat it (laughs) whereas they were trying to like make it a tender moment but he was clearly freaked out because he's a 19 year old dad in jail for a murder he probably didn't commit but that was all the director orchestrated that and he did a bunch of stuff like that and i guess he has a history on his documentaries of like pulling stuff like that mm. so mm, it's, i'm it's not, not a fan documentaries you have to find your story along the way you don't get an outline and i think some yeah. directors yeah. definitely take advantage of that and try and set things up it's like it's not the hills this mm-hmm. is a crime you know? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly Absolutely. so yeah I, that's an, that's what i've learned since our last extremely zephron shockingly zephron zephron podcast (laughs) it's it's a bizarre situation it really is uh vox lux also come out in may uh you guys have both seen Mm. this um when i spoke about this with you earlier the year courtney i had no idea that there was a big part of the storyline was that there was a school shooting um Mm. so yeah tell me more about it, you guys what did you like about it because you both kind of liked it didn't you oh i loved it yeah, I yeah. really liked it. I'm interested to know how it performed in the States, though, given the material is a school shooting. Like, was it something that people were keen to see, or was it one of those... How did it How did it work? It was definitely more of a sleeper. Like, it was only showing mm. in a few theaters, in a few indie theaters. Not even all. Like, my main indie theater didn't even get it. Correct me if I'm um, wrong. I was able... There was a massive hype yeah. about her getting an award for this at one point, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it's, like, the marketing for it is not at all what it is. Like, I had, when I I saw it at my school at a film festival in a very crowded, like, no fire exit kind of situation. So I had no clue. And the... when it happens, yeah, it happens, and it is jarring, and it is it's scary, and like I think in the marketing, in all honesty, they should have said it was about yeah a school shooting because that can that has to be incredibly triggering to anyone that's experienced anything yeah. like that. Because as someone who never has, I was very upset by it, but it handled it very well and. It's just a very bizarre film, like, the way it, it portrays, like, stardom, and mm. it's very... But, yeah, it didn't do great in the States, mm-hmm. because it just didn't really get a get a good run. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I was surprised that there was no, like, actual trigger warning, especially since... Because yeah. I didn't know anything about the film. I thought by the poster it looked a little bit like Neon Demon and a little bit like yeah. Atomic Blonde, so I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those. But, yeah, I definitely didn't expect it to be um to be about what it was about but i did really enjoy it i mean like you said Mm -hmm. it was super jarring and there were parts that you were like dude this is heavy but i liked it i like that they because the film's told in like three distinct acts too isn't it it's like Mm -hmm. genesis i can't remember the middle one and then the finale and i thought that was really cool too yeah i saw the trailer because it's on netflix now and the trailer popped up and jude law's got this really like Goodfellas accent. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh gosh, I'm sure that's not the only jarring film in the film. Um, <laughs> that wasn't bad. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe is the narrator. He's the narrator, movie, and yeah. I also. Good year. I think Neha. I'll have to tell you this afterwards. I okay. think he is a certain character that they allude to her having a certain deal with. 
That's the, all right, right at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think he is that person. Yeah. No, I, I'm mm-hmm. on. Uh, Y'all just smiled at me. Not... I know. Literally, <laughs> 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 these two, this, the career was like Cheshire Cat. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Destination Wedding. This was the Renona Ryder and Keanu Reeves rom com, which is also on Netflix UK right now. Um, oh, I've I not seen it yet. No, there's no her. Courtney, share us your thoughts. <laughs> So there was a week long period in May where my friends and I had um, a Keanu Reeves film festival oh my in my friend's apartment, and that was one of the ones we watched. We literally we we like escaped like the final party of college to go back home and eat chicken fingers and watch Destination Wedding. It is a weird one. It's super nihilistic. The characters are not likable at all, but somehow it's, oh my god, they're horrible people, (laughs) but like they work so well together. It's like an anti-rom-com and it's so funny and they're so perfect. Like it couldn't be any other two people in it. So definitely check it out. It's super fun. Good tonight. The Hustle also come out. This was the Anne Hathaway and I always want to call her Amy, but that's not her name. (laughs) It's Rebel Wilson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, how, how did you feel of this? Because it got some terrible reviews. What did you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So, I'm not Rebel Wilson's hugest fan anyway, so I didn't really go into the film thinking it was going to be amazing. I went in for Anne Hathaway. Um, but, yeah, it was okay. Like, it... Because it's a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which I'm also sure, pretty sure is a remake of something else. Okay. Um, it's like a... Yeah. But... It was fine. I mean, none of the jokes really made me laugh and it was kind of predictable and, you, and, you know, it was about... I liked the whole conning men thing because, you know, conning men. So it was fun. Um, but I'm, I was super interested in seeing it just because it was directed by Chris Addison, who is that guy from Mock the Week. Oh! <laughs> so I... Yeah, Chris Addison from Mock the Week. So, and, and I think he was also in... Um, he used to have this satire radio show that I used to listen to. Um, so, yeah, but... It was alright. I wouldn't run to see it. I love the way you say this. I wouldn't run to see it. Like, <laughs> she actually runs to see films. And then others, yeah. she just gives a light jog. Like, I think yeah. Light jog, fantastic. walk. Sometimes I skip. Like, you should rate films. You know like people rate films in stars? You should rate films like the running woman emoji. Yes. <laughs> Five runs. One run. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> um, Rocket Man also came out in May. This was the musical biopic that we weren't really expecting. It was different to the mm. likes of Bohemian Rhapsody and Walk the Line. It was a lot more theatrical. Um, what did you, We all saw this. Uh, I really liked mm-hmm. it. Um, you guys, does it still hold up now? Would you watch it again? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they're definitely going to make it to a West End show, aren't they? It just felt like it was built that way. Do you oh, think? Yeah. No, it's good. I did like it. It stayed in my mind. Mm. I definitely think Elton John portrayed himself as like an anti-hero as well, which was quite good. I think sometimes mm. it's good to kind of see the bad points of people as well as the good in the biopics. Mm. Oh, yeah. Courtney, you, you also saw Ma, which is Ma, Ma. <laughs> She's holding her face Ma. in <laughs> Cinema. Cinema. I think you mean. This was it was it Blumhouse, this one? It is Blumhouse. And it is the best piece of hot garbage <laughs> of twenty nineteen. <laughs> I went and saw this with Sydney, who you know, Karen. Oh, hi Sydney. And we just had a blast. It is a nightmare of a film. <laughs> like it shouldn't exist. 
like uh, I don't even know what to say. It's great. Is like it? definitely so watch um, it. But it's Octavia Spencer. And yes. she's and inviting she's... these kids to party at her house. Yeah, it's a bit of a revengey thing with the parents, right. which uh but she's just crazy. <laughs> like she's like FaceTiming them all the time and like she's like in love with one of the uh, teenagers. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's yeah, it's very good. I mean, it's good in a bad way. Like, if you like sh- stupid horror movies, this is, like, the queen of all stupid Sounds horror perfect. movies. I can't. Don't make her drink alone. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, do you know what? After a while, the trailer started to look like an SNL sketch. That's how sometimes, like, it just looked ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, carrying on with the Keanu Reeves-a-thon, you also saw John Wick 3 Parabellum. Yeah, I've not seen any of the John I Wick love, films. No, I feel like such a fraud. Me too. I love John Wick. I like to watch people beat each other up. Like, that's my kind of action. <laughs> um, so John Wick's great for me. And, like, he gets the shit kicked out of him. Like, he's in pain, you can tell. Which, that's, like, my kind of action movie. Is, is this the I one know, where he part... the horse? Okay. Yes, he rides the horse the in downtown New York. Um, Halle Berry's in it. She's super badass. It's just, they're a lot of fun. There's a point where Keanu Reeves whips his belt off and, like, cracks it in the air, and I audibly gasped in the theater. So that's <laughs> that's my review. Do you, do you think it's going to go on and go on and go on and go on? I thought the third one was going to have to be the last one, but there's going to be a fourth one, and it's coming out the same day as the fourth Matrix. Ooh, risky. So that's a lot of Keanu. Yeah. I think it's May 21st, 2021. God, 2021. It's the day of Keanu. It's not sure way. It's not no. a real date. Deary me. And um, Booksmart come out in May, um, which mm. felt like a film I've been waiting for for a really, really long time. Uh, I haven't seen Booksmart. Why haven't you seen Booksmart yet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love I how you've seen see everything else except Booksmart. <laughs> <laughs> No, I absolutely love Booksmart. I thought it was incredible. Directing the role by Olivia Wilde just knocked out of the park. The cast is incredible. Caitlin Dever is incredible. And Beanie Fieldstein, we said last week, she's just the star now. Mm. So excited to see what she gets, what she's going to get up to. Just want to touch on this briefly. So we haven't mm. discussed it on the pod recently, but obviously uh, Melissa Benoist recently released a heartbreaking Instagram video detailing how she'd been a victim of domestic violence and through dates and things like that people have worked out that it was Blake Jenner that was actually doing Mm. this now Beanie Feldstein has been cast in the Richard Linklater film that's taking place over 20 years so is Blake Jenner so people are saying is he going to be removed because obviously they've already started filming yeah I just thought I'd throw that into the mix because obviously like with boyhood Mm. Yeah. When I watched it, I got to the end and thought, thank God, it sounds awful, but thank God no one died or anything happened. Mm, yeah. Because then, yeah. you know, the whole film would have gone up in smoke. Obviously, it's terrible the person's died. But yeah, I just wonder what you guys thought about this because obviously it's a 20-year project. Oh, I didn't even know Blake Jenner was in this 20-year project. Yeah, I didn't either. No, but I mean, I would throw him off. Yeah, I think it's the safest thing they can do. Like, he's the main character. He's probably only going to get... Yeah. <laughs> I think this 20-year bullshit is stupid. I'm sorry. I don't like Boyhood. I think he should just make normal movies. 
because it's kind of a gimmick and you're going to run into shit like this. I think like Boyhood this. was like a and one-off. Like, I, I loved yeah. it. I know you didn't like it, but I loved it. No, I and know. It, sorry. No, it, sorry, Boyhood I lovers. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd made it for 12 years, you'd like it. But like, you all. Um, it was a one-off. I don't think it's always going to work you know yeah that's true you need the right you story do. and that is a story that works but this, this so is based I, on yeah play, they should i think it's basic because obviously beanie philstein's in it i'm trying to remember who the third person is why am i thinking it's ben, ben platt i don't think it is ben platt um do we know how long they've been filming like how far into the 20 years are they um i think it's literally like just this year they've started yeah it is ben platt then sorry, they should yeah. get it's based on the musical merrily we go along um Oh, that's right. Film. It's announced that it would. Yeah. Well, they've been cast. I don't know if they've started filming, but I guess. Well, they should get rid of them if they haven't started filming. I reckon there's some auditions going on in the back rooms right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I thought I'd just I'd just bring that up because it just played in my mind recently, and I was just like, because when this happens in Hollywood, I mean, we've seen this happen before with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp is in fucking everything. So mm. maybe he won't be recast. Maybe it will be completely ignored. Hopefully Ugh. not. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> so also out in May that none of us saw was Longshot, which was the film with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Mm. Uh, the mm-hmm. Tolkien biopic that looked absolutely yeah. riveting. Um, Pokemon Detective Pikachu <laughs> and Aladdin that none of us saw and I don't think any no. of us are going to see. No. no, not for me. Dog. I refuse to. No, absolutely not. So let's move on to June. So in June, uh, we had the return of Men in Black with Men in Black International. Mm. Um, a little promise with this, Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson. It fell flat for me. It was yeah, an same. absolute car crash of a film. It felt so underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. It just felt like something that's like director VHS or something like that. Um, yeah. Kamal Ninjani as the... Um, what was it like an alien he was probably mm. the only redeeming factor of this film what did you think mm. i i feel like it was the film that made me the most sad at how shit it was <laughs> this year like i was just so disappointed because i love straight out of compton out of compton out of compton <laughs> um <laughs> that's where i know um yeah, and again, like you said, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, and I love the Men in Black franchise, and it, yeah, it just, it was, uh, I've never been that person who walks out of a cinema, but I very, like, I thought about it. I was like, mm, maybe I could just leave. Yeah, we went yeah. to see it on, like, a rare night that we had, we just decided we were going to go to the cinema for one night, because I think we had plans that got cancelled, and I was so disappointed, and I was like, we wasted our time with that. Mm. Courtney, you saw Child's Play in June. This was the reimagining of the Chucky franchise with Aubrey Plaza. And you liked it, didn't you? I did. It was cute. I think um, we can't avoid the reimaginings or the reboots Mm. or whatever you want to call them. So if you're going to do it, like, do it. Do something different. And they did because they had um, Chucky was an AI robot. Mm. And that's a very interesting concept. And they aged up the kid a little bit to be in, like, middle school. So it makes sense that, you know, at first I was like, why does this, like, 12-year-old boy have a doll? Like, that's not normal, usually. Um, But it made sense because he was, like, a little robot dude. And he was super cute when he wasn't killing people. (laughs) He walked around on his own. (laughs) He was super cute when he wasn't killing people. That's what people probably said about Ted Bundy. But (laughs) no. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it was it was better than I expected it to be. So it's a yes for me. Cool. Mm. Now, how you saw Toy Story four? How did yes. this measure up compared to the others? I love Toy Story. Like I've. So I know that, you know, people didn't love the third one and some people don't love it. I've loved all of them pretty much equally. Um, it was really cute and, you know, Bo Peep is back and it was really cool and it was just happy. It was just a happy movie when it, you know, apart from when they all get... Yeah, I'm not going to spoil what, what it. What the hell? That was like such a tease. <laughs> apart from when they all... I'm not going to spoil it. No, no, no. I mean, no, it's like generally a happy movie no it was really okay. good um it's you know how i feel about tom hanks he's my dad he so it was really father, cool to yeah. have him back whenever i as see Woody. him on twitter um, i do think oh that's my friend's dad <laughs> we actually <laughs> we actually have a um chinese money plant at work that was previously named morgan treeman but is now named tom banks because it's a money Aww. plant yeah i love it yeah yeah i love it but yeah no i mean i would definitely watch it again and i recommend it if you've not seen it I'll give it a try eventually. I think I need to have a little Disney marathon because I haven't seen, well, hardly any of them. I went to the pet store Mm. yesterday and the woman was like, don't see Frozen 2, it's so sad. I'm like, honey, it's Frozen fucking 2, okay? I haven't seen Marriage (laughs) Story because it looks sad. I can deal with Frozen fucking 2. Yeah. Um, And also in June was Yesterday, which was the Danny Boyle, Richard Curtis film about... um, everyone forgetting the Beatles and I absolutely yes. bloody loved it um same and this was great for you to her as well because you said about having like a like an Indian kind of representation in films mm. now and that they just cast this without having any particular you know ethnicity and I thought it was really good because they don't really mention his ethnicity a lot in the film which is good because it's not about no. it yeah no I agree and I Firstly, really love Danny Boyle for always casting these brown boys yeah. as, as leads in his film. I mean, he had Slumdog and that gave us Dev. Well, I guess Skins gave us Dev. But, um, yeah, no, Dev. I agree. I really loved it. Um, I had, I think this is when my crush on Lily James really started oh, she's this so film. lovely. Yeah. But, no, I loved it. It was really good. I did like it. I thought it was quite clever as well. And it spoke a lot about mm. the music industry as well. Um, mm. but I'm just so glad that they didn't have the guy from Coldplay in it. June, we also had X Men Dark Phoenix, which we didn't see, and I think we're all happy because it absolutely yeah. ta- like this film did so bad they've had to reboot X Men. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much. You also had Late Night with um, Mindy Calling and Emma Thompson. That's I actually did see that. I told you I didn't because I forgot about it. What did you oh, think? Because this just got on Amazon Prime over here, so I'm definitely going to watch um, it soon. Oh, is it? No, no, that's a lie. I thought it was, but you have to pay to watch it, and I don't want to pay for uh, it. I, I, enjoy, I mean, it's cute. It's fun. It's a Mindy. It's definitely like a Mindy Kaling joint, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like, it's bubbly. It's cute. Like, there's mm. a little bit of drama but it's all okay in that okay you know, it's it's a good like saturday afternoon while you're maybe doing something else oh, okay. okay all right okay yeah i can live with that you hmm. also had the hummingbird project bright burn which was was it a horror film it was the one that was kind of like, like, like an alien thing yeah, superhero i don't know none of us saw that so. yeah no, uh, you had in fabric it. support the girls gloria bell and this was the month that casino royale decided to reimagine the cinema 
Christmas <laughs> and stay there for months. Okay, moving on to July. We didn't see a lot in this month, mainly because I think we were all on holiday and doing bits and pieces. Spider-Man Far From Home. This was the post-Avengers Endgame treat. Neha, you're the only one that's seen this. Um, Tell us your thoughts on this. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, What? I'm trying to think of something more substantial about this movie other than I really enjoyed it and also (laughs) that scene in Italy with the water. Oh, it's the Jake Gyllenhaal one. Right, yeah, I have remembered. (laughs) Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was a really cool addition. Um, I really like what they did with his character. I do. You guys know what happens? Well, no, we haven't seen it, so. <laughs> I so mean, not, I kind, I kind of know the Jake Gyllenhaal thing. You, you know the thing. Yeah, I like how yeah. they handled that. Um, now I, I really like know Tom Holland's. Well, I mean, you have to watch it. I would do like a light skip to watch this one. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. Okay. Um, Zendaya was obviously the best okay. in everything she is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I really like Tom Holland as... I almost called him Tom Holland. Oh, and I don't call him that, <laughs> especially not after recent yeah. events. I <laughs> know. Uh, um, no, I really like Tom Holland as um, Spider-Man, and I was really sad that we almost weren't going to get him again because of that whole Sony thing. That was a weird um, situation. It was really weird. And, you know, the way that this one ends very much lends itself to another one. I've heard how it ends. Um, oh, you have yeah, heard? Yeah, I've heard how it ends. Yeah. Um, work but, yeah, people. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I would recommend it. I will have to watch it. I think I'm hoping... Wait for mm. it to go on Sky Movies. I'm, just, I'm become, I'm become <laughs> that person. I'll wait for it to go on Sky Movies. Um, also, in July was Annabelle Comes Home. I watched this because I'm a sucker for Vera Formiga and Patrick Wilson. And they were hardly mm-hmm. in the film. And I will never forgive the trailer for ever doing that to me ever again. It was a dreadful film, a dreadful time, and I do not want to ever relive it. And that's all I have to say on the matter. And the only other film we watched in July was Midsummer. Mm. My thing is when you're not even the best movie in 2019 with a character named Pella. Then um, Lords of Chaos is the best one with a character named Pella. Um, something's wrong. <laughs> That's my you midsummer critique of midsummer. That yeah, I've ever I had to. I had to really think about it for a sec. Pella. I just wanted to bring Lords of Chaos up here and let me have this. Yeah, Karis and I don't love Midsummer. I think it was the most overhyped <laughs> film of 2019. I really do. Yeah. I really do. Um, I know mm. there's many people who disagree with me, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's just not for me. And it's not because I made Foxhole. Let me just say that. <laughs> I'm not bitter. They're two very different films. I just think it's a load of tosh. I'm sorry. I didn't love it either. It's just not for me, dog. It's fine. Like, it's not... I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's a garbage movie. Yeah, like, it's, it's made okay. well. Yeah. But it's just long. And all the characters are... <laughs> I love Florence Pugh, too. I think she's great. Mm. Yeah, same. And I like how she runs, like, trucks around. Because, like, she and I have the same body type. And I was like, oh, yeah, short queen. Yes. Right? Yeah, fully. Right? Yeah. Um... But other than that, 
I think if anything, I'm glad it's kind of like propelled her even higher into people's yes. stardom. I absolutely love Lady Macbeth. I loved her in that show she did with Alexander Skarsgård. And obviously mm. she's got Little Woman and she's doing other bits and pieces. But that's the only thing I'm kind of grateful for on Mitt. Yeah. Kind of thing. No, get your coin, girl. Also in July was Anna uh, Stuber. The Dead Don't Die. I was really hyped for that film and then I just didn't bother in the end. Yeah, I still yeah. really want to watch it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, tell It to the Bees and The Lion King that none of us saw. Yeah. No. I don't See, know what it is about. Uh, I mean, I definitely want to watch it, but I don't know what where that urgency is because I know a lot of people were like flocking to the cinema. I know it was like, it's like a yeah. shot for shot remake. So half of me's like, why am I bothering watching it? Hmm. Well, and the thing that I've noticed recently is they're, like, trying to get Oscars and stuff for Best Animated, yet they kept calling it the live action. Obviously, it's not live action. Mm, yeah. But, like, well, and also the studio that did it just shut down. Yeah, they didn't Like, they just them. went bankrupt. Yeah. Because, and this is becoming a huge issue in the VFX industry, is studios are underbidding to try to get the jobs but they're underbidding so much that like it's not enough to even keep the doors open let alone pay their people because i think obviously there was a big conundrum with the sonic movie um yeah it was the same studio the same studio and i don't think that they got paid for those re-edits no. so yeah no i completely on board with you that it's it's very very wrong moving on to august um once upon a time in hollywood i can't believe this came out in august it feels like coming like two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. So obviously Naha didn't see this one because she's not a Tarantino fan. Me and Courtney Mm-mm. are. We apologise for that. Um, no, it's cool. Where do you feel this compares with The Irishman? Because obviously this is three hours long, and The Irishman's three and a half hours long. I don't know where I was going with this sentence. <laughs> I just wanted to throw in two random facts. <laughs> I haven't seen The Irishman, yeah. but I guarantee you that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a lot more engaging. But it is, and I think... It's just a promise. Once Upon a Time like, in Hollywood as well, after you've got that kind of, like, 40 minutes or so of, like, slowness, you then have a massive payoff, whereas with The Irishman, you didn't have a massive payoff. Yeah, which is fine. Like, I'm not expecting... Like, when I sit down and finally do watch The Irishman, I'm not expecting, like, a wild ride. You know what I mean? (laughs) That was so southern. I love that. This film's gonna be a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up, buckle. Um, I loved the... I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought it was great. There was a Mm -hmm. lot lot of things where the pacing wasn't great. It could have been shorter. Mm -hmm. But the third act pays off and gives you that classic Tarantino-esque feel i thought some of the casting was amazing maya hawk for example incredible yeah. margot robbie is amazing and like little things like kurt russell's really great in his little mm-hmm. roles Zoe bell's fantastic um mm-hmm. it definitely feels like you watch these films now and if you are a big fan of tarantino it does kind of give you a bit more because you kind of recognize little motifs and things like that yeah would you agree with that yeah yeah Although I did, when I saw the Golden Globe Awards, I did think, Leonardo DiCaprio, what was he even in this year? Oh, yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood. My bad. <laughs> now, how you saw Blinded by the Light. This was the Chirinda. Yeah. How did you feel about this one? I loved it. Um, so I feel like what Gurinder Jada does really well is um, she is really good at telling the stories of South Asian Londoners in a way that we can or i guess i can really um relate to because so this film tells a story 
of a guy who, you know, loves to write and he wants to be a poet and his very sort of, I think they were Pakistani immigrant parents, you, you, you know, are kind of dissuading him from one, from doing that. Like, you know, do something with a little more kind of security. And he is also one of like two South Asian students at his school. So he's having to deal with that kind of like racism and living in Luton and, 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 and sort of liking contemporary rock music. So lots of things that kind of conflict with his identity. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I really like the um, emphasis on that kind of almost that generational gap or that generational divide between um, first and second generation immigrants. I like how they use the music of Bruce, Bruce Springsteen to give this boy, I think his name's Javed, um, to give him like comfort and and give him a place to sort of channel his emotions and and makes him feel like he is being understood by someone um so yeah no it was really and it's really fun and it's really sort of it just makes me really happy so i would run really fast to see this one (laughs) five yeah emojis super run yeah (laughs) i do want to see this because i think she makes amazing movies and again it's Mm. it's another great part to have that representation of that kind of character and ethnicity in mainstream cinema which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney, a couple of horrors you saw this month. Crawl was one of them. Was this the one with the crocodile? Yes. So, alligator. alligator. My bad. So what's the premise of this? Oh, you don't have crocodiles. Is that real? No, we have... Yeah, no, we have alligators only. Oh, like, exclusive. Um, <laughs> the, we have uh, none. <laughs> the premise of Crawl... We just have Tories. <laughs> is... Um, There's a hurricane about to hit Florida, and this girl, uh, she's away in college, and her dad isn't answering his cell phone, so she wants to go and check on him, so she drives into the storm and finds him trapped in their, like, old house that he was trying to sell, and there is an alligator in the basement with him. So they have to try to survive the hurricane, survive the alligator and find a way to get out and it's Mm -hmm. it was done really well and like speaking as someone who's fled hurricanes like the hurricane anxiety in that movie is they really showcase it well and um just the the tension of like where's the gator was very fun it was very you know it's like a jaws one of those kind of things um and it was it was super fun i would definitely check it out i know quentin tarantino said i think it was one of his favorites of the year It's so weird that you say things like, oh, yeah, as someone who's fled a hurricane before. I know. What? We we sheltered in place for this one this year, but I have been hit by a hurricane every year for the past four, I think. Four years. Yeah. Is that since moving down south? Yeah, yeah. We don't get them in the north, but uh, at least where I am in the north, you can get, like, New York can get hit by them and stuff like that because they're closer to the water. But um, I'm about an hour away from the Atlantic Ocean where I am now. Two hours, hour and a half. But yeah. Hurricanes! Um, And another one was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um. I didn't really like this so movie. is this when um, they tell the story and the story comes true yeah so this is the thing it's based on those books um that were very popular i never read them because i was a very scared child um but uh they're short short stories they're like a page long oh, okay. some of them 
So it's like impossible to adapt unless you do like an anthology. And instead of doing an anthology, they chose to create a story about this group of kids who find a book and all the stories are in the book, but the stories start like writing themselves and coming true. So like the parts that were the actual scary stories were pretty compelling and like they did a good job with translating the way the illustrations looked into being like creature designs but the wraparound was really hard to get through it was almost like I could have walked out like how you were talking about um men in black like it was one of those where like do I really need to stay and see what happens yeah it was quite and Noah loves loves those stories Mm -hmm. and those illustrations were super influential to him and he didn't like it either so my I don't know. Mm. It's weird. It's like, I don't know who the target audience is because it's like too scary for like younger kids, but it's like too kiddie for anyone over the age of like 15. It's a weird bracket, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's very strange. The tone. A over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's very, very small window. Strange that. Um, also that came out in August was Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw, which I didn't get around to see despite being a Fast and Furious bitch. Um, the Angry Birds movie too. The Sun is also a star. The Door of the Explorer movie. Good Boys, which looked creepy as hell. Angel Has Fallen, The Informer and The Mustang. So we're going to move on to September, October, November, December now. Mm-hmm. So September... Um, we all saw It Chapter 2. So this was advertised mm-hmm. as like, it's finally here, even though the first one mm-hmm. only came out two years ago. Um, <laughs> but is it right in saying that we were all fairly disappointed with this? Yeah. 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 It was fine. <laughs> I, I think my biggest, my biggest issue with it was that opening scene and not having a trigger warning. It was, yeah, it was strange. Yeah. It was really felt really odd that Xavier Dolan was in it as well. It kind of felt like, what are you doing mm, here? Yeah. Kind of thing. It was bizarre. Yeah. I felt like it was so long, and I get that the, there's a lot of ground to cover in the book. You've got seven main characters. Is it seven? Something like that. So there's a lot of backstory to cover, but I just felt like it was so yeah. long. It didn't need to be mm-hmm. that long. Yeah, it just didn't flow the way the first one did, and I think it's just not as scary when they're adults. Like... You're not feeling what, uh, you know, 11-year-old, 12-year-old is feeling. Like, Mm. everything is scarier. So when you have... It's a little comical to have, like, James McAvoy fighting a clown. You know what I mean? Like, you can't shake that, really. Yeah. So, like, the scariest part of the movie is the beginning. You know what I mean? That's because it's real life scary. And and Mm. that's what's great about Stephen King, I will say. It's, like, the scariest thing about any of his books are always the real life implications like bev and her dad like that's scarier than pennywise but um i don't know it was less subtle i guess than the first one it felt like like it was i don't know it felt a bit gimmicky like i felt like a lot of pennywise's like Mm -hmm. scare tactics were like very gimmicky and like you said like yeah seeing like bill Hader running away from a clown yeah yeah turn around and punch him in the face kind of thing yeah Um, yeah yeah i definitely think it's 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 odd but i always felt that about the original as well in the book i was like these are adults like yeah i don't it's a weird i don't know it's hard it's a hard story stephen king's hard to do 
even though people are going to keep doing him forever, adapting him forever, but it's hard to relay some of that. Three films this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to relay that on screen sometimes, though. I agree, actually. I do agree with that. Um, Mm. Also out in September was Hotel Mumbai. This was another Sky Movies um, original one. So this was about the Mumbai terror attacks. Uh, I can't quite remember the year. Um, that it happened. Dev Patel is in this, and he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. It's it got a lot of bad press. I mean, Army Hammer plays a pointless character, um, and yeah, he's obviously advertised as the main character because you know how do you get people to watch mm-hmm. a film about brown people? You use a white person right. to draw them in. Um, yeah, it's very heart wrenching, very heartbreaking, and it received a lot of controversial criticism especially from Pakistan um, and yeah there's a lot of political elements to it but as a film just speaking as it a film it is a good film it is tension driven it's hard to watch it's heartbreaking and it's a good film and I think films like films about I mean how do you guys feel about films about terror attacks are they beneficial are they glorifying like what's your so the only film about a terror attack that I've ever really loved is Four Lions, and that film is satire. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. But I, I always feel like it either it either toes toes that propaganda line, or the representation is done so poorly that you end up falling into stereotypes. Like I always think of Homeland and how I really like the first season, mm-hmm. but then when you realise that it it's doing a really bad. I thought anyway, doing a really bad job of, um, I was going to say the word promoting. Oh my god, representing terrorism. <laughs> it just it wasn't. It didn't. I don't think it needs to be yeah, I, yeah. No, I um, I'm generally not a fan. Like even when films are too patriotic, I think of sort of American Sniper and even Jack Ryan on Amazon right now. It just when things get far too patriotic, I yeah, I it I just don't like it. Yeah, I take a huge, like, that is always a red flag to me, the, like, forced patriotism. Mm. I hate that shit. And I, I, it's so, that's everywhere here. Like, there's so many movies Mm. about 9-11 or about other terrorist attacks that it's just a ploy. Like, the only 9-11 movie that I can even, you know, shake a stick at is um, extremely loud and incredibly close because it's more about like the implications of like what it's like to be a family member of someone who dies in a horrific Mm -hmm. situation rather than it's about the terrorist attack Mm -hmm. and i think you summed it up perfectly neha when you said the only movie you like about terrorism is a satire yeah you know you just can't you can't do it it's not a subject that can be broached easily i think Mm. it's, it's hard it's a hard line to tread i think and I think the thing mm-hmm. with that film is that it's educational because I think a lot of people don't recognise terror attacks outside of Western countries. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they don't realise that terror attacks happen within the Middle East, they happen within Asia. And I think that's where it's quite educational in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed the film. It was heartbreaking. And it was great to see Dev Patel in a lead role because I think he is a great actor. And I thought after Lion, he would have got... Was it Lion? He would have got yeah. more... Yeah but apparently not never mm. mind um also out in september was the farewell so this is the um is it lulu wang i'm not sure because i've heard that 
in Mandarin, when a surname is spelt Wang, it's pronounced Wong. But I've not heard anyone say her name. I loved it. It's one. It's one of my favorite films of the year. I think. Um, and given that I'm not a huge Aquafina fan, it also caught caught me off guard that okay. I liked it so much. But it's yeah. But it's based on. So I don't know if anyone listens to This American Life, but a couple of years ago, Lulu read out um, one of her stories. I think it was called like What You Don't Know or something like that. And I remember listening to that episode and thought it was really cool. So this is based on that, and therefore based on kind of partly Lulu's life. Um, and yeah, it's a film about essentially the. I think it's the paternal grandmother, and they call her Nai Nai. Um, she has terminal. She has a terminal cancer, and the family decide not to tell her because you know they don't want her to bear the burden of, I, I suppose, knowing that she's dying. Um, which is actually a concept called collectivism, which I didn't know, but apparently it's um, that idea that the family will bear the burden of someone else's pain just so that they don't have to do it, which is actually quite nice, as yeah. much as they're lying to Nai Nai about um, the fact that she's dying. But yeah, no, it was really cool, and it just it really tells a story about this um, Chinese family in a way that it, it's just so nuanced. Like, you've got all of these like different characters and everyone dealing with this um, illness really differently, and Aquafina plays um, a girl named Billy who's clearly very close to her um, grandma and is you know she's conflicted about telling her and, and angry about it and it's just it's just such a fun kind of family story um and lulu does a great job of of telling it um i really really recommend it and i think everyone should watch it so is it is there a lot of comedy elements to it because it looks quite bleak from the poster and things like that it is yeah it is quite funny and i think it's um some of the things that i find most most funny in the film are things that are you know when things aren't like overtly funny like it's in in the glances and in um the mannerisms and 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 that kind of thing um but yeah it was i thought it was definitely funny in parts okay i'm excited to see it i definitely want to out of yeah. the whole we'll, we'll obviously talk about the golden mm. globe nominations things like that in another episode but i definitely that's one that's caught my eye out of all the things that come up and i think that yeah. it does look good so yeah i want to see that um also out in September was Hustlers. So this is the female-directed, female-empowering film about sex workers. Well, strippers. Mm-hmm. Would you... Yeah, sex workers, strippers, is the same thing, isn't it? I can't mm. There was a conversation on this recently, because I remember when someone said, like, everyone is growing great for Hustlers, but y'all don't support sex workers kind of thing. But um, we'll come back to that. Hustlers is an incredible film. I've called it the female Goodfellas because it tells it in that big, short kind of story where it's someone reflecting back on the past. You've got um, throwbacks with music, which is great. I love when films do that, when they pick a really iconic song from that year. Um, Constance Wu is incredible, and I'm really shocked that she hasn't received any nominations for this yet because she is the soul of the story. She is telling the story from an Asian perspective. She's telling the story from a working class, a single parent household perspective. She's done an incredible job. And then you've got Jennifer Lopez, who is this magnificent character. Interesting, mm-hmm. just ballsy, 
and she looks incredible and she's 50 just want to say it again yeah um there's a lot of hype for cardi b and lizzo in this film they're not in it a lot so don't watch it expect them to be in it a lot but when they are in it they are scene stealers they're fantastic Mm-hmm. you've got Madison Brewer who obviously you probably know from Orange is a New Black and The Handmaid's Tale she's also not in it very mm-hmm. much but she does play a great part Lily Reinhart I've never seen Riverdale Courtney smirking because she's recently binge watched it all <laughs> <laughs> I love Lily Reinhart she's a beautiful amazing person and I love her in this film she plays a really lovely role where it's this naive naive girl um God, I just remember this part where she gets arrested and tries to run out the window. She's a lovely, lovely girl. And Kiki Palmer as well plays a fantastic role. Oh. It's um, it's a really great film. And I really would recommend everyone to watch it because it's, it's about Wall Street as well. It's This is what reminded me of The Big Short because it tells a story about Wall Street from a different perspective, which mm-hmm. was that, oh my mm-hmm. God, Wall Street's happened. All these guys have stopped coming to strip clubs. What's now going to happen to the strip clubs kind of thing? And it shows you the different side it shows you how that kind of lifestyle transcended after the wall street crash and the difference in men at that time um it's fascinating and there's parts to it that are really heartwarming especially if you come from a broken family especially if you're a young woman Mm -hmm. you one of the main things in life you want is independence which a lot of the time comes from money um yeah, I'm really pleased that it kind of lived up to... It exceeded my expectations. didn't even live up to them. It exceeded them. I absolutely loved it. It was a really fascinating oh, nice. film. And the Usher cameo is weird. Oh. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's just, like, out of place. But, yeah, it's strange. That's awesome. I have to say. Yeah, I would recommend it. Same. I really... Ho- I'd love it to yeah. win the Best Picture Oscar. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> so I've just realised oh, cool. though we've got up to September and I've not asked you guys what your favourite films of the months were, so I'm gonna have to go back and do that. <laughs> it's we'll fine. just do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. Um, also in September was Ad Astra. We all saw this. Mm. Neha, I think you liked it. Yeah. Go with your thoughts. Yeah, I really like it. So I'm such a sucker for space movies. Um, and I love, you know, the shots of space when everything's like really quiet and it just all, it's just, it's my crack essentially. But um, I thought Brad Pitt was great in it. I thought Tommy Lee Jones was great in it. Um, I think my one criticism of it really is that it lingers to the point of kind of just stopping in places, you know? Mm-hmm. Um because I love, I love it when films take the time to tell me a story, but I still need that to be quite well paced. Um, but there are moments in this film where I'm like, this doesn't need to be here. Why, or like, why have we been stuck on this one shot for what feels like 20 minutes? Um, mm-hmm. But no, I really, I mean, I enjoyed it. And I'm sure when it comes on the telly, I'll probably watch it again. But yeah, I liked it. I felt like what you said about the amount of gaps in it, I, I felt like it was too slow for me to kind of get invested into yeah Um, so I didn't love it unfortunately Courtney what did you think I think I'm kind of in between like I did really like it still um because it's it's heart of darkness in space which is great um (laughs) and I thought Brad Pitt was brilliant and I think it was super interesting that he was the person cast in this I think I mentioned this in a podcast before like Mm -hmm. never if I read that screenplay never would I've ever thought brad pitt should play this part yeah it just doesn't like to me he's i imagine him always as such an expressive like 
create almost like he's borderline a character actor sometimes yeah, yeah. so like i picture more like an ethan hawk like quiet type so it was super cool to see him take a risk like this and he nailed it and i think that's what one wins me over so much for this movie is is him mm-hmm. um but i agree there are moments where it's like okay but the 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 way that they show like mars and um the idea of uh like who has ownership of the moon and things like that like the politics of it was very interesting and that was something i didn't really gather from the trailer so i i really liked that that might have been my favorite like plot part is like how the world works in this not so distant future yeah i love that scene on the moon where it essentially feels like a car chase yeah and then you had like subway on the moon it was yeah no i agree with that Mm-hmm. He's going through like a Peter Sons at the moment, isn't he, Brad Pitt? He is, yeah. He is. Interesting. Good for him. <laughs> uh, also out in September was Ready or Not, um, which me and Courtney have seen, and I absolutely freaking love this movie. And Neha, I think you would so as well. Good. Okay. Yes. It's you would. Essentially, this woman, Samara Weaving, who's absolutely gorgeous, um, oh. she marries this man who comes from a blue blood family, and as a mm-hmm. ritual um after the wedding they all get together and have to play a game the game is decided by this magical device because the family have some agreement with some old man um and the game okay. that gets chosen for her is hide and seek so essentially her in-laws have to hunt her down and kill her wow <laughs> <laughs> So she isn't aware of this. So when it starts happening, she's very confused. But she soon cottons on, and it is a riveting film. And I tell you one thing, Adam Brody, fantastic. Yeah, nice. so good in this film. But it's great because it's it's it. Like I said to Courtney, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's very aware of mm-hmm. itself, and you've got that kind of character leading the way, which is Samara Weaving. That is kind of like the audience member because it's not really sure what's going on, but it's kind of cottoning on as it goes along what's happening. Um, it's an incredible film, very empowering, very anti-marriage, <laughs> anti-in-laws. <Yeah. laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, it's it's great. Courtney, if you've got anything to add on to that, I absolutely loved it. It's just great. Yeah, you said it all. She's The end shot is incredible. It's incredible. Okay. So I yeah. definitely recommend it. It's it's a bit reminiscent of Cabin in the Woods and You're Next, mm-hmm. which um, are two great films. So, so yes. Um, mm. And that finishes September. The only other film we didn't see was The Goldfinch, which was the. Um... <laughs> that you both died laughing. <laughs> oh, but Ansel Eggert's mom liked it, Karen. Yeah. Why didn't we see it? I said anything nice. Okay, moving on to October. Courtney. Can I pause you? for a minute? I really have to go to the bathroom. Oh back. my god, of course you can! <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> sorry about I'll be that. Sorry, but it's just funny. It's just like Noah just walking around the house, just like chilling, <laughs> just doing his business, doing his doing his thing. <laughs> okay, so October. So this was the month of the Joker, or just Joker, as I keep forgetting to call it. Um, so a lot of hype around this film. Huge amount of hype around mm. this film. Um, and obviously we spoke on the podcast before Courtney about our different experiences in the UK and the US Um, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about it now it's been a couple of months do you still like it 
I still really love it. It's my second favorite movie of the year. Very happy to see that Joaquin is getting Mm -hmm. some awards recognition. Very shook that Todd Phillips is nominated for a Golden Globe. Not that he doesn't deserve it, just that I never thought it would happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you would have told me a year ago that Todd Phillips was up for Best Director at the Golden Globes, I would have been like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, From DC movie. No, I think it's a great movie. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's... There's, there's still so much discourse, like, even though it's been out for, like, months now, there's still a lot of drama, there's a lot of people that don't, and I get why people don't like it, like, I'm very open to that as well, but I, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's, I think it's the serial killer lover in me, that sounds horrible, you know what I mean, <laughs> the serial yeah. killer knowledge lover in mm-hmm. me, because it is essentially a serial killer origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, that they happen to use a beloved character as that serial killer. It's true, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of these people that... I mean, look at Loki, for example. We're about to have a whole franchise on Loki. Loki wasn't exactly an innocent person. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it still holds up for me. I still enjoy it. I'd watch it again. Um, it's very dark. Um, I like the way, like I said before, I like the way DC are going with this. They just released their slate of movies. Mm-hmm which still seems strange but um i like how it's different i like i liked when you had marvel films that you had different directors and they had different takes on things so i liked when you had thor ragnarok with Tahiti, and you had that kind of difference mm-hmm. and i like you've mm-hmm. got these like different sets of genres and different sets of styles i don't like it when it's all like one template which i think we yeah. saw yeah. when we went back to infinity war and endgame didn't we we saw that kind of <coughs> all that creativeness and bizarreness from Thor Ragnarok was changed and put back to normality, wasn't it? I think we touched on this yeah. before. So I like that you've got Joker and it's this kind of dark, gritty, wacky world and you've got Wonder Woman and it's going back to the 80s and it's also, you know, I like the difference in that kind of thing. Whether it all marries up together, we'll, we'll, we, won't, we won't find out. Well, well, we will find out rather what we're talking about. Um, I think I'm just talking for the sake of it now. I do apologise. <laughs> um, Courtney, you saw the beach bomb. Tell us more. When I you sent me this list, I'm like, what the beach bomb in October? Because I saw this in March, I think. Is this that bloody film festival <laughs> again? Okay. No, this was at like a dirty AMC movie theater in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I love the beach bomb. I love Harmony Corrine. I am like queen Harmony Corrine apologist. I love the man so much. (laughs) I love every movie he's done. I have his book. Like, I love him. And the thing that's so great about The Beach Bum is The Beach Bum is finally a healthy Harmony Corrine. Okay. Like, you can tell that he has his family, he has his baby, he has his wife. He's not doing hard drugs anymore. Like, he's, (laughs) he's okay. And I think a lot of people maybe still want Gummo. Okay. From Harmony Corrine. And, like, I love Gummo, but Gummo means he's on heroin and is close to dying, and I don't want that. <laughs> so, um, The Beach Bum is hilarious. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Zach Efron has, like, a very small part that I think is maybe the best comedic performance is of the decade. Is he not in it a lot, then? 
of the no, decade. No. Of the decade. Oh. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm that bold with that. Okay. No, the cast is incredible. Snoop Dogg's in it. He's super <laughs> funny. Isla Fisher, um, Martin Lawrence, Jimmy Buffett. Like, the list goes on. And obviously, Matthew McConaughey is great in it as well. And it's mm-hmm. just super... It's definitely a love letter to Florida, which is a state that I'm not super fond of. But I think it captured Florida... Kind of like the fondness of Florida that Spring Breakers didn't show. Because Spring Breakers showed, like, the Florida eye picture where I don't really like it and it's dirty and it kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. The Beach Bum showed, yes, it's dirty and kind of scary, but, like, it's kind of fun, too. So I really enjoyed it. 10 out of 10 for me. It's probably in my top five. Of the wow. Yeah, nice. I got to check it out. Yeah, it didn't get a big releases so it's going to be probably something enough to keep, catch on a streaming service so wow it's amazing yeah yeah um Zombieland Double Tap came out in October um this felt really seamless from the first one it just seemed to kind of carry on the actors didn't really seem to age that well um mm-hmm. so not age well age at all um age at all yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Emma Stone damn um <laughs> it was good I just love Zoe Deutsch I absolutely love Zoe Deutsch I think that she was an incredible addition to this story without her I don't think it would have flowed very well um, it's good it's hard to transcend zombies when 10 years have passed and you've had things like The Walking Dead come yeah. along and they throw mm. a little joke about that which is quite funny um, but no it was nice it was nice to have a sequel that didn't completely bomb because I think now that's all we expect from them yeah, but I like they take the time. Ten years is a long time, and um, yeah. I like they took the time. Could you imagine if every sequel was ten years after? It'd be strange, wouldn't it? <laughs> so um, strange. Marvel like Phase Three would have never ended. <laughs> Could you? We'd, we'd be like, so Iron Man come out in two thousand eight. So Iron Man Two would be two thousand eighteen. Can you imagine? <laughs> Damn. Ooh. I'm like 70 years old, like, I'm finally going to see that happened <laughs> Time for Endgame. <laughs> it's been 10 years. What happened? Um, <laughs> Courtney, you, no, sorry, Naha, you saw the last black man in San Francisco. Tell us more. This is one of my, like, top five favourites of the year, I think. Um, I was lucky I'm enough sorry. to see it at London Film Festival. Um, so it is, I think it's his first film, it's Joe Talbot's first film, and he also went on to win Best Director at Sundance, which is where I heard about it, uh, because I'd never heard of him before, so I was like, oh, who is this guy? Um, and the lead in this film is also, has also written the story, and it's also based on his story, and he's also Joe Talbot's friend, so it's like a really cool, um... mashup kind of thing. Yeah, cool. it's like working with your best friend situation. Um, mm-hmm. so it's set, essentially... Essentially, the whole film is about Jimmy's character and his friend, I think his name is Mont, and they are going to reclaim Jimmy's grandfather's house, which is in the Fillmore district of San Francisco. And the whole film is essentially about gentrification and the effects of gentrification, Um, because the Fillmore district in San Francisco, which isn't something that I knew, was very diverse and I think especially after the second world war there was a huge influx of African Americans coming to live um, in the Fillmore district and you know the jazz scene was huge and then due to redevelopment and that kind of thing they all got priced out as you know as is what always happens Um, and I think there was also like a removal like there was a clause where they were being removed from the area but correct me if I'm wrong on that and yeah it's just a really like it's one of those films that kind of ties together friendship and um, sort of changing landscapes and how that shapes people and, and how your environment is very much 
um, you know, how it very much shapes you. And it's just a really well done film. Um, it's I've probably seen it three times just because it's it's so good. I yeah, I would definitely I would definitely recommend this one. Oh, I do want to see it. It's like you said. Once I heard about it from Sundance, I was like, I need to this, need to see this film. Yeah, yeah. it just looks beautiful yeah. too. Like yeah. just from a filmmaking standpoint, like it looks gorgeous, and the story sounds so, just so interesting. Yeah, yeah I definitely recommend. I'm sure you can probably catch it on somewhere. I'll try and find yeah. mm-hmm. it. Because again, limited release. Mm. And Courtney, you saw the third in the Stephen King trifecta of 2019. Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. They threw his name in there. To kind of remind people. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. At least it wasn't the Shining oh, 2 wow. colon Doctor Sleep. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> That's the problem though, is it is. Yes. So, I... Because this is the follow-up based on the book. Mm-hmm. I love... The Shining's one of my favourite Stephen King properties. I love the book. I love the Stanley Kubrick movie. And I read Dr. Sleep, like, when it came out. I love the book. I think it's great. I think it's the best follow-up you could ever have to The Shining. And it does such a good job of fleshing Danny out. um, Because it's essentially about Danny, the boy from The Shining, growing up. And he is a terrible alcoholic because of the trauma that he's experienced. Mm -hmm. And because, essentially, the ghosts from the shining from the hotel in the shining keep following him around and like drinking is what he does to suppress them Mm -hmm. um and it's about his journey of like getting over being an alcoholic and also simultaneously finding this young girl who also has the shining and they have to team up to kind of take on this group of people who are like literal psychic vampires who take the shining out of people oh. but it's kind of yeah so the movie is really really good for the first half um oh. they nail like showing ewan mcgregor's great as danny the little girl's great they nail the psychic vampire characters um what's her name is it rebecca she was yeah, Rebecca Ferguson is like the main villain, Rose the Hat, and she is incredible. She's they just a good she villain. nails it. Oh, she's so good. And then about halfway through the movie, they go to the hotel. Now in the this book, is what I heard about yeah, they don't. Go, they in the book they do go to the location of the hotel, okay. but in the book verse, the hotel gets blown up at the end of the the Shining the book. That's how Jack Torrance dies. He forgets to check the boiler and the hotel blows up. Stanley Kubrick was like, I ain't doing that. I can't blow a hotel up. Yeah. I haven't got the So they had to, yeah, they had to make, you can't make a Shining sequel, a movie without addressing Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Yeah. So instead of like subtly and like lightly touching on it, they just went full like, He's going to put his head through the door and look like Jack Nicholson. And she's walking down the stairs with an axe. And they go through the hedge maze. And it was so blatantly, like, pandering. Mm. It just ruined it. They even, because isn't it, it's, um, I forget his name, but he played Elliot and E.T. And he was in Horton at Hill House. And he plays Jack Nicholson, doesn't he? Yeah. And that whole thing is, they totally, they ruin the whole point. I I don't want to spoil it or anything, 
But they completely ruin the whole point of Dr. Sleep and destroy the character development of Danny um, in the movie. I was so pissed off when I left because, like, the entire point was just gone. Would you recommend seeing it then? Or would you just say, like, don't bother? I would watch it. Um, The thing that's hard, though, is if you haven't read the book, it's kind of confusing. Okay. Like, because Noah, like, he didn't really like it at all. Because he didn't have the groundwork of Dr. Sleep. Like, it could be... It's probably very dull to someone who hasn't read the book and isn't like, oh my god, like, it's just like the book. It's just like the book. And then, you know, the second half, it's just kind of silly. Hmm. But then again, I had a friend... I have a friend who's, like, super into, like, the nostalgia stuff. And he thinks it's the best Stephen King movie in years. And he doesn't really like it. Wow. But I think it's because he's like, oh, my God, like, they recreated it. It's nostalgic. You know what I mean? So it's, it's person yeah, to person. You can recreate any film. Exactly. It's not like you deserve praise. No. Anyone can recreate a film. No, I know. So, I mean, it's worth, like, checking into. If you really like The Shining, I would say try it okay. Okay. um if not leave it because no, you can't you can't be stanley kubrick you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just impossible <laughs> even when even when they released the book i thought why like just leave it alone see and that's what mm. i thought too but the book does a very good job of like i, like, I think it it I don't know. It's very, it's good. Like, Danny deserves what happens to him in the book. Like, he deserves kind of a happy ending, okay. and the movie kind of robs that. I'm going to Google it. From <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so also in October that we didn't see was the weird Will Smith film, Gemini Man. Um, Maleficent <laughs> 2, a Judy, which is the Judy Garland biopic. Oh, um, yeah. And Terminator Dark Fate. Um, so going into November... Um, you two have seen Knives Out, and I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> so, did you like it? I loved it. It was Cluedo the Good. movie. I had the best time. Oh, yeah, I'm so mad. And Chris <laughs> Evans in a sweater. Don't even. <laughs> Would you say it lives up to the hype thing? Because there was a lot of hype about this film. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Okay, that's good. I, yeah, I definitely think so. That's good. Okay, I've got hope. I've got hope. Uh, Neha, you saw Le Mans 66, a.k.a. Ford vs. Ferrari. I did. You did quite like this film, didn't you? I did quite like it. it actually, someone I saw a Twitter, Twitter thread about um, what what makes what makes a dad movie and people were like Le Mans, it was like Le Mans 66 is a dad movie and I was like it actually is um but yeah no I really enjoyed it it was just as you'd expect in that super masculine super white super sort of race car essentially a dad movie um but I thought Christian Chris, Christian Bell was great in it and obviously we love J- James Mangold um so yeah I would I recommend it I think it's a fun one um I saw Little Monsters in November which we spoke about in the pod last week the Lupita Nyong'o, Josh Gad film. Josh Gad continues mm. to scare mm. me. Um, <laughs> you saw Last Christmas. Um, this is the film where people say if it's if you don't expect it to be a rom-com, you'll enjoy it. If you do expect it to yes. be a rom-com, you won't enjoy it. Yes, exactly. Don't if if you are still interested in watching this film, do not think it's going to be a rom com. And yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it then. I mean, Henry Golding and Amelia Clark are lovely, and they're so good to look at and emma thompson is great and everything um and it is kind of your perfect well everything that kind of constitutes a perfect christmas movie without spoiling the ending um yeah i mean it's fluffy and christmassy and i yeah i liked it cheesy in parts <coughs> but i liked it 
See, the thing is, because everyone's telling me not to expect a rom-com, I'm expect- now expecting, like, Amelia Clark's character to be, like, a serial killer, and Henry Golding to be, like, <laughs> a serial killer. And I feel like I'm going to sit there and be like, what is going on in this film? That is exactly the plot of the movie. God damn it. I knew I'd guess it. <laughs> so annoying. Um, also out in November was The Irishman. So... I'm going to now speak on this. I did not love The Irishman. I felt like the pacing was very off. I thought the storyline itself was too overdrawn and didn't. There wasn't, there wasn't enough tension, there wasn't enough excitement. Things that were gearing up to be exciting fell flat for me. Um, mm. It was far too long for what it was. Um, and yeah, the amount of hype the amount of excitement and things like that, it just didn't live up to the expectations for me. And I feel like I definitely prefer the earlier Scorsese pictures. I'm yawning thinking about it. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I just think to go from Wolf of Wall Street to this is a massive contrast. Mm. So, or even like, what, what did he do before Wolf of Wall Street? We did silence in between them. I don't talk oh, about yeah. that film because again, bored, but <laughs> <laughs> How do you go from Wall Street to silence? Literally. Yeah. He likes his priests. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's a lot we haven't covered in November because it is only December the 13th or 14th. Don't know what the day is today. Um, so we, the three of us, haven't yet seen um, Britney Runs a Marathon, which is the Amazon Prime film. Sorry, mm. we missed you, which is the Ken Loach film. The Aeronauts. This film, Claws, that is on Netflix, that people seem to be going crazy about. Courtney, Claws? You heard much about this? Claws, yeah. It's, a Christmas it's the film. animated one, right? Yeah, it's got like a bunch of names. I think Jason Schwartzman's in it. I think he is, yeah. So I might have to see it. Who's in that. it? Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said my favourite sportsman. I was like, who is that? <laughs> he is my favourite sportsman. <laughs> who is that? Oh. Um, 21 Bridges, Frozen 2, Marriage Story, Harriet, um, and Charlie's Angels, which um, I don't think any of us are going to go see. Mm, no. It's so annoying That's... because it looks so shit, but I don't want people yeah. to not see it because it's a Charlie's Angels film. I just think that why couldn't we have had a Charlie's Angels 3? Yeah. With the original three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, that wraps up November. And then obviously moving on to December, none of us have seen any of these films either. So Honey Boy, that's the film with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I want to see it so bad. Lucy in the Sky, that's the film with Natalie Portman. Uh, mm-hmm. Motherless Brooklyn, Jumanji, The Next Level. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be there thursday night in a line of a bunch of star wars fans and say <laughs> two tickets for cats please and enjoy the hell out of it do you think people are going to dress up not for cats because <laughs> star wars comes out the same fucking day Karis. i mean no it, one's probably, be there. it would probably be pretty easy to dress up if you were going to go see cats though it's literally putting on a furry suit but because you've got a human face yeah. already exactly yeah. like it's ready to go yeah <laughs> Did they re-edit the film after the first trailer? I don't know. I, they were still working on it. So I know a girl who was hired by the studio that's doing it. Mm. And she was <laughs> hired in the summer. And, like, they were still working on it as the trailers were coming out. So I think it's just that it, like, wasn't done. Okay. 
Which is bold to like put a trailer out you just and it's put not, a teaser not, out. I don't know. What are you just like the yeah. music or something. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. But Tom Hooper seems awful confident. He's like, yeah, I know everyone's making fun of it. Just you wait. <laughs> like, like that's what he's like been like saying. Crazy kid in school. Like you wait. Is that one a day. threat, Tom Hooper? <laughs> I made lay miserable. Um, oh. And then you've also got Little Women, which it's not out here yet, I don't think. Is that right now? I don't think so. I yeah, don't I don't think it's out here. I think it's yet. out here either. People have started seeing it, so I'm guessing that's just advanced screenings kind of thing. Probably, yeah. yeah. We I mean, people Are you have really been getting... talking about Greta Gerwig being snubbed at award season, but has she made anything this year apart from Little Women? Because if it's not out yet, I don't know how everyone is has seen it. Oh, people just think she should get everything for okay. some reason because they liked Lady Bird. I, it's very frustrating to me because mm. Little Woman looks fine. Like, I think it, I'm sure it's going to be a fine movie. Do I think it should get any award nominations? No. Uh, Courtney <laughs> called it a full make earlier. <laughs> I mean, it's been done before. Um, I don't know. I don't we know. I don't know what to because, say. I think it was Variety magazine, but Variety magazine posted a um, cover story with Greta mm. and Noah Bombach, and it's the title. What was the title, Courtney? It was the first Hollywood's couple first couple. Of Hollywood. Um, yeah. There's been so no, not about that. Hello, <laughs> Sophia Jones. Hello. I mean, Sophia yeah. Copeland type Jones. I mean, I know they're divorced, but you know, this is just on the. <laughs> We got two movies um, out of it. Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. Yeah, there we go. The only ones I there care about. There are so many so that many. are better. So many. <laughs> and I like Greta. I like Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig a lot. I, just, I yeah. like her as an actress just, better than I like her as a director. Just because they've got two films that come out within two months of each other. That doesn't... That's just... What the fuck? That is ridiculous. Barry Jenkins and Lulu Wang. Right? Oh my Maybe god, Wong. yes. Oh god! When you told, I, I think you were the one that yeah. told me that, and I was like, "Oh, royalty. oh that's royalty." It's just because it's. Oh, I don't even. I had to. I don't like when they overhype something, and I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I just automatically mm. feel like I'm now inclined not to like Little Women. I know what you mean. I also just don't like Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Yes! I mean, I don't love him either, so I'm really glad we're on the same page. Wait, oh, oh no, this is definitely an anti Timothy. He's on the same page. At this point, we my, lose about half our followers. <laughs> my father called me last week and he's like, I'm watching The King. You have to watch The King. And I'm like, Timothy Chalamet is in that. I am not. He's like, Robert Pattinson's in it. I'm like, I don't care! I can't watch Timothy Chalamet for two hours. I didn't like The King, man. The accents were so bad. We haven't spoken about oh. The King, actually. It wasn't on this list. Was it Was it not good? I didn't like I it. I mean, I know people I have loved it, it, but yeah. Robert Pattinson's French accent is like he... <laughs> it's like he thinks this is an episode of, like, Blackadder or just 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 some kind of satire. It just is not... And there's, there's that scene. I don't know if you've seen it floating around on Twitter, but... Like he stands up to fight Timothy Chalamet and then just starts like slipping in the mud. It's just it's like it's just it's all it's all wrong for me. <laughs> Robert Pattinson is a chaos god and I love him. I saw him in person once oh, at actually. that film festival that I keep talking about. Oh my god, he was so uncomfortable. He does not <laughs> like people. He was literally like fetal position in a chair. Like he had his like legs up 
And yeah, he was not happy to be. <laughs> I know. Oh, he's fun. I still can't believe he's gonna be Batman. It just blows my mind. I know. Blows my mind. Okay, so let's talk about our favourites of the month. So, um, in May, the films that we saw, Extremely Wicked, Incredible, Evil and Cruel, Vox Lux, Destination Wedding, The Hustle, Rocket Man, John Wick, Booksmart, Ma, Godzilla. What was your favourite of May, ladies? Um, maybe, oh, I don't know. Vax Lux for me, because it was my f- second favorite of 2018 after First Reformed, so. Good shout. I'm gonna, I think maybe Booksmart. I'm going to go with Booksmart as well. I think that might be one of my favorites of the year. Mm. Okay, so June, Men in Black International, uh, Child's Play, <laughs> Toy Story 4, and Yesterday. Child's Place. That's yeah, the only one saw. I saw. <laughs> Toy Story 4. Mm. I'm going to go with Yesterday. Mm. Okay, I'm just highlighting these. I'll edit this out. Why have I just highlighted Men in Black? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was nobody's favourite. Uh-uh. Okay, July. Spider-Man, Midsummer, and Annabelle Comes Home. You don't have to pick one, Courtney, because I know you already saw oh, Midsummer. Yeah, <laughs> I can't um, pick Annabelle Comes Home. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say Midsummer. <laughs> I don't. Spider Man. Okay, I we'll, think that was, we'll yeah. all go with. You're lucky, Neha. You had a, you had a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man. <laughs> okay, August. Blinded by the Light. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Crawl and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I only saw Blinded by the Light, so I'm going to go with that one. Again, easy choice. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do the same. Okay, September, It's Chapter 2, Hustlers, Ad Astra, The Farewell, Ready or Not, Hotel Mumbai. This is a hard one for me because I loved Hustlers and I love Ready or Not. Mm. I got to go Ready or Not. I had The Farewell for me for sure. Okay, Mm. I'm going to go with Hustlers just because I do think it is deserved. Because Ready or Not is going to get ignored big time. Mm. Yeah. It's a horror. And awards don't like horrors. Okay, October, Joker, Zombieland, Beach Bum, Last Black Man in San Francisco, and Stephen King's Doctor Sleep by Stephen King. Based on the book by Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, The Last Black Man in San Francisco for me, for sure. I'm going to have to live in a society and say Joker. <laughs> I'm living there with two of you, sister. Okay, and November, The Irishman. Last Christmas, Le Mans 66, Little Monsters, and Knives Out. <laughs> knives Out? <laughs> yeah, Knives Out for sure. Well, I'm not picking a fucking Irish man, so I didn't have a favourite there. <laughs> um, and the, my favourite of December is Cats. <laughs> you haven't Tom even Hooper. seen it yet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't um, think I'm going to see anything in December. I'm just looking. I don't, I don't, oh no, I'm going to go see Star Wars. We've already booked those tickets, but yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing it on the day it's coming out? Oh, no, no. Like the 27th or something after Christmas. When does it come out? Is it before Christmas? 20th. Yeah, I think it's out on the 20th. Yeah, it comes out. That's why I'm going to be like elbowing the nerds to get to my cat. <laughs> I would die if it's just you and Noah in that screening. It literally is going to be. Okay, I- I had a weird theater experience where in the middle of the night, my dad and Noah and I went to see Jojo Rabbit and it was empty. No one was at the theater and they sat us in like 
like where you'd eat like it was like a food theater where you could like have dinner and i didn't even know my theater had that yeah you told us and yeah it was so weird it was it was creepy like we kept like kind of looking over our shoulders because it was weird how do you guys feel about that sorry you can buy experiences where you can have like a three-course mm. meal during your film I've never done that, actually. I think it's weird. I I don't think... I like seats that are uncomfortable (laughs) and to not ever have concessions. That's how I choose to go to the movies. Yeah. I get really pissed off if people eat popcorn next to me too loudly. Like, I need everything Mm -hmm. to be really quiet, Um, which is probably not a good thing. It is annoying. The way they package it as well. Like, if you want popcorn, you need to have, like... a a box not a roughly yeah it's like yeah yeah oh yeah that was my it's like a batch in your month's wages yeah it was ridiculous i i don't know going to the cinema i get i sit there and like the film will come on and like i'll be like right and then if anything happens i'm like what the hell you've ruined the experience already like i get so touchy Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's important because it's it, you're you are paying for an experience like if you were seeing yeah. and like car was walking in front of the television and scott's t- asking me questions about what's for dinner of course i'm gonna expect that i'll still mm. shout at both of them but yeah in a cinema you i just hate it when people just talk it does my head in yeah absolutely does my head in mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that's it I can't think sorry of any... for that weird side note no i liked it you brought something new to the show <laughs> Um, so based on that do you guys know what your like top three films of the years are Ooh, top three so i'll tell you i'll tell you guys the tops of the months that we decided so obviously we had the favorite mm-hmm. mary queen of scots burning if bill street could talk happy death day to you um us mid mid 90s eighth grade um Lords of Chaos, Vox Lux, Booksmart, Child's Play, <laughs> Toy Story 4, Yesterday, Spider-Man, Blinded by the Light, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hustlers, Ready or Not, The Farewell, Joker, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Knives Out. What's your top three? Do I have um, to stick to this list? Well, well yeah, because they're, the, they're the top okay. three chose. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just saying my favorite movie of the year isn't on the list. Because <laughs> um, well, The Lighthouse oh, yeah, that's is my favorite I'll movie. I'll give you that one. That's okay. Okay, well, that's my top number one. And then two and three are Joker and Lords of Chaos, probably. It's a good show. It's a very good show. Um, I think it would be If Bill Street, if Bill Street Could Talk, The Farewell, and Last Black, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Even though honourable mention to Monsoon, because I saw that at London Film Festival, and I don't know if it's going to get a release here, but it's so good. Good shout, good shout. Um, my top three, I'm going to go with Booksmart, mm-hmm. Hustlers, and Us. Ah, nice. nice. Yes, that's that's my top three. I don't know. What, I think I don't know. I think Booksmart's probably my favourite of the year, just because it was a bit unexpected. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think all three Hustlers was unexpected and Us was unexpected. I didn't expect all three of them to be good. It was an unexpected year. It was. Like I think the things that were good, I didn't necessarily expect them to be as good as they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, they like crept mm-hmm. up on you a little bit. A bit yeah. like films like Which, Yesterday and Ready or Not, like they just yeah. kind of slipped in a little bit and was like, Oh actually that yeah. was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
Okay, well that's the end of our year review. Another year of film is over. Uh, we've got 2020 to look forward to. Who knows what it will offer. Parasite. Oh yeah, I'm so excited about seeing that. Courtney, you've seen it, haven't you? I haven't seen oh, it, I no. You had. No, I haven't seen it. I didn't get to go and it was at that film festival. <laughs> um, and it's just not... Uh, it's not going to come around here. I think they're showing it in a theater in February around mm-hmm. here, like a one night only kind of thing. So I think I'll try to go then because I've had friends that have seen it and just love it. I'm mm. super excited. It's out here on the 7th of February. So we've got a fair okay. way to go. But Jojo Rabbit is out on New Year's Day over here. Um, we've also got the film Nine. Oh, that, never mind. That's up there for me. I was going to say, that I was surprised you mentioned that. That's, I like that better than Lords of Chaos, actually. Really? <laughs> it's a better, yes, because. <laughs> It has wow. a point. No, I'm joking. No, I really like Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Definitely go see it. I saw it twice. I held up three fingers. <laughs> I saw it twice. Okay, Michael Fassbender. Um, it made me like Scarlett Johansson for two hours. So <gasps> okay, yeah, that's a big deal. Literally, and the little boy is up for a Golden Globe, and he's so cute. Oh my god, is he? He is. He's oh, I so love that. Cute. I love that. That's he's so cute. So- um, yeah, so do go see that. That 1917 film that's nominated for a load of stuff is coming out. You've got that bombshell film oh. with Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, and Charlie <sighs> Theron. You've got um, Bad Boys 3, 4, 5, whatever one it was. You've got oh, that's right. The awful looking Dr. Doolittle films coming out. You've got Birds of Prey, <sighs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, just going through. Uh, the Portrait of a Lady on Fire is out the 28th of February over here. I want to see that. Um, just going through. Mulan is out next year. Oh my god! The New Mutants that looks like it's finally out next year. Black Widow is out next year. Mm. Fast and Furious Nine, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, Candyman, Ghostbusters, Top Gun Maverick, um, Bill and Ted Face the Music, another Conjuring film. Uh, Halloween Kills is out next year. The Witches, mm-hmm. Eternals, Godzilla vs. Kong. It's a big year, ladies. Jeez. Yeah. I feel Actually, like... Candyman's coming out next yeah. year. Did I say Candyman? Oh, did you? I think so. It's a, yeah. it's a spiritual sequel. I think Tony Todd's still playing Candyman, so I don't Probably. I love Candyman. Jordan Peele's writing it, isn't Candyman. he? And my favourite from... Um, Watchmen, I can't pronounce his name, but I'm going to try it. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Manteen II. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love him. So, yeah. I love him. I'm getting HBO <gasps> in January. Nice. So that I can watch The New Pope, and I'm going to watch everything that I've missed, like Chernobyl and Watchmen and all of it. Nice. <laughs> so excited for you. Because Watchmen, I'm now finally understanding it. And then I saw this tweet from this guy I went to school with, and he was like, Watchmen's so gone downhill. I'm like, I was just starting to understand it. Does that mean that I'm really thick? <laughs> no, I'm still loving it. I'm still loving it. Good. I, I hear like... so much love. Yeah, yeah, I've heard way more love than anything negative. No, yeah, for it's sure. It's just great to watch something with such, with such a diverse cast and it's just normalised. Like, it's not... Mm. Well, obviously, it's about oppression and things like that, but it's just great to just watch something different. Like, I'm just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. But yeah, I'm glad you like that. But it's Succession on HBO. Yes, it is. I think so. So that's another one. Yeah. I was so going to watch good. that last night and um, Sky have t- decided to just take it off. Oh, no. no. I, oh, that sucks. So, I yeah. love Succession. So I started watching I've... Marvelous Mrs. Maisel instead. So, <gasps> yeah. Yay. Oh, anyway. I feel like bef- 
before we end 2019. Okay. Oh, gosh. There, What's going to happen? There are two films. Okay. There are two films that came out that I completely forgot about and I really want to plug. So one of them is Pain and Glory, which is the Antonio Banderas film. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. One of my favorites. It's about, essentially, he plays a director and he spends the whole film kind of reflecting on all of the good and bad choices he's made um, in his life and how kind of his life is basically crashing. But it's really, really good. And it's by Pedro Al... Oh, I can never pronounce his name. Um, um, Al Al Medivar (laughs) Pedro Al Pedro Al Al Medivar like that very very famous um, director from Spain Mm. so yeah if anyone gets a chance I would watch Pain Glory and obviously on Netflix you have Eddie Murphy in Dolomite is um, my name which is Yes, and this is incredible. Yes, yeah, so Antonio Banderas and Eddie Murphy, I feel like, have given two of my favorite performances all year. Um, but they are going to get snubbed by award season, um, most likely, and it makes me really sad. But Don is my name is also really good, and it plays. It's about a guy who, you know, has tried to be successful in his comedy and his music for his whole life, and then realizes that he is really popular when he starts riffing as this character named Dolomite, um, and it's just really, really cool. So yeah. Just final words, Pain and Glory and Don Might Is My Name, I would go see. Exciting. I didn't realise that that Eddie Murphy film was on Netflix. So I'm gonna... There's a lot on Netflix I need to get around to watching. Fox Lives, yeah. Marriage Story, eventually. Um, I'm scared. I'm scared too. I generally, I don't know why. It's really. It's like a box I don't want to open. Like, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Plus, I think everyone posts everything on Twitter, so I've pretty much watched the film anyway. Mm, just like, that story. fight scene if i see adam driver hit that wall one more time like girl <laughs> oh my god is there anything else happening in that movie or is it just that scene for like an hour and a half i have no idea oh god i have no idea <laughs> oh dear between that and just scarlett johansson dancing in that weird floral dress that's all i've seen that's it that's all i've seen off the film <laughs> jesus christ anyway thank you girls so much for just being on the podcast this year thank you to everyone who's listened to the podcast this year we've got an amazing following now we're really thankful we're doing some changes next year we're going to have some more co-hosts on the show we're going to do some more themes um and also we're here for you guys too so if there's anything you guys want us to do be doing more be doing less yeah um, <laughs> let us know um you can contact us on social media or email us um thank you courtney and naha Thank Thanks you. for having me back. Last podcast of the year. Oh my god! I know it's ridiculous. So weird. I'm gonna have to record one on my own and just be like, "Hey guys, just check it." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts. I think it's subscribe and Apple Podcasts. Tell all your friends. Tell your mum. Tell your nan. Tell your dog. And follow us on social media because we post things on there about the podcast. So what's better to listen to a podcast than see loads of things about it again? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.